Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode of Long Night with Vish Khanna was recorded in front of a live studio audience on Friday, February 19th, 2016. Coming to you live from the Great Hall in Toronto, Canada, it's Long Night with Beach Khanna! On the show tonight, writer Jordan Ferguson is here! Artist Stacy is going to play! We have content creator Sam Sutherland! enthusiastic crowd you are. So natural. It's very nice to see you all. Thank you for coming out. How about a hand for my sidekick, James Keast, everyone. James. Fish. How are you? I'm well, thank you. How are you? I'm pretty good. How was your week? It's been a, you know, hectic, crazy week. I was sick again. Again? I was was getting over something the last time. I'm getting over something again this time. Yeah, you should take better care of yourself. I never get sick. This is the weird thing. I don't it's understand just how, this like, th- this weather is weird, right? You get a cold and everything. But with that beard, I'm surprised anything can permeate, like any germs. Uh, that's what I was thinking. It's gonna got to be some sort of filtration system, nature's filter. Yeah. And uh, no, not Nothing. this, not this no. year. Well, we've had an interesting week culturally. Uh, I thought of you because the gra- we had the Grammys last weekend. The Grammys, yeah. The Grammys on yeah. Monday. The yeah. all- NBA All-Star Game. Did anybody go to the NBA All-Star Game? Right, because you're not, you have, a, not you're a rich sensible. enough crowd. Do you know how much the tickets were for the NBA? We were trying to go. James and I are uh, not really married, but in a way. Yeah. And we like to go to the basketball games. We do. And the tickets were nine hundred dollars for one ticket. Yeah. Yeah, they were they were a little. That's bit right. Crazy. Boo it! It's ridiculous. That was the cheap seat. The most expensive seat, seventeen hundred dollars for one no, ticket. No, those were much. There were much more expensive. There were more seats. than that. Oh yeah. That's crazy. You didn't anyway. get. I, you didn't. Those didn't come up on. Uh, on they the did. I could have spent most of my mortgage. No, but the really good ones didn't come up. No, they didn't. The other thing that happened that we have to talk about, Kanye West. 
Yes. Now, Kanye West, put it, did anyone hear the new Kanye West record? <laughs> Title subscribers. Mm. That's what we have here. Now, did you, you heard the thing? I have heard it, yes. What did you think of it? I don't love it. You don't love the album? No. Big, big Kanye supporters here. Surprising. I'm a huge Kanye West Me fan, too. which is hard to say these days. I was in a restaurant today and I requested some Kanye West music and they were surprised. They were like, oh my God, someone's requesting Kanye West. He's become well, a pariah. Do you do this in restaurants? You I just do. go into restaurants I do. And, all the time. And all the time. ask who's in charge of DJing? Absolutely. They, wanted, they, they came up to me and said, do you mind if we play Drake? And I said, yes, I do. Do you have the new Kanye West record? And they're like, yes, the guy in the kitchen was like, yeah, it's awesome. Now, we've, we've followed Kanye a long time. Yeah. What do you make of his behavior in the lead up to the release of The Life of Pablo? It's, I assume, challenging to live publicly. <laughs> has, it, has it been for you? Uh, I don't live publicly. I mean, this is it. This is as famous as You're I get. You're a famous it's sidekick a, on a big talk show. That's, that's true. Uh, I have never thought to compare us. Right. I, I did have a similar freak out backstage about four minutes before yeah, the show. Yeah. But, uh, but that's, I think, the only thing we have in common. I, I'm a big fan of him. I know some people here are fans of him. Nicole Villeneuve is a big fan. And it's hard. Isn't it hard watching this happen? Or, 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 or are you at peace with it, Nicole? No. It's hard, right? It's hard to watch. But the music's good. Did you like the new record? 11 songs. You're actually producing the record after it's come out. Interesting. So is he. So is he. That's right. Anyway, I'm a big fan, and we, I bring it up because we have someone that Kanye uh, admires. We're going to be talking a lot about someone uh, by the name of Jay Dilla today on the show. Indeed. And uh, so I thought we would start with that. On tonight's show, we have music by Stacy. We have an AV demonstration by This Exists creator Sam Sutherland. An AV demonstration. Audiovisual. Yes. He's a content creator. I heard that. Yeah. I heard that. He created the content of he, my intro. He was telling me earlier that he's a social media genius. <laughs> really? Yeah, I have. I hadn't. I had not heard that. You did. Social media genius. We have stand-up comedy by uh, Carol Azakali, and when we return, as I mentioned, a chat with local writer Jordan Ferguson about the 10th anniversary of this record that I was just holding up, Donuts by Jay Dilla. We have to go to a commercial right now. But stay where you are, we'll be right back. Thanks for being here, everyone. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening The Lady in the Van, recent Academy Award-winning film Son of Saul, Mustang, Brooklyn, and more. At the E-Bar on Tuesday, March 8th, Vacamas Press launches Mary Leslie's new book, The Cromabool Mail Carrier. The Bookshelf is an independently owned cultural hub located at 41 Quebec Street, in Guelph, Ontario. For more information about the bookshelf's hours, listings, blogs, directions, and accessibility, please visit bookshelf.ca. All right, we're back on Long Night, everyone. You know, 10 years ago this month, Detroit hip-hop artist James Yancey, best known as Jay Dilla, released this record that I keep holding up, Donuts, which is one of the most groundbreaking and influential records ever. Three days after Donuts came out, Yancey, who suffered from a rare blood disease, passed away. But his work, particularly Donuts, continues to influence hip-hop culture. Our first guest today is a freelance writer who wrote this amazing 33 and a third book about Dilla's Donuts. Please say hello to your own Jordan Ferguson, everyone. Jordan Ferguson. 
are you? I'm well. How are you doing? Very good. Very good, bicycles. Do you know what well, that was? What was? I do know what that was. That was the escorts. That was the escorts. Very good. You guys do your homework. Deep cuts. Deep, Deep cuts. cuts. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? Well, tired. I work nights, so this is like, this isn't a late night show for me. This is like Kelly and Michael for me. Right, so. right. I understand. Actually, you know, it reminds me of something. I have a treat for you. Do you? Yeah. Fantastic. Fantastic. A plate of um, delicious donuts. James, you want a donut? No, I'm Do good, you and your beard want a donut? No, not, not publicly, thank you. No, okay, you. that's right. I thought this would be appropriate for it's the... It's very fitting. Which, which one did you... You grabbed a chocolate? Chocolate What should I get here? I'll get, a, I'll get one of these, and we'll have a nice donut chat. Now, Solid what compelled choice. you to write uh, this book about donuts, Jordan? Uh, a breakup. <laughs> you had a breakup? I did have a breakup, yes. Uh, <laughs> the breakup was more the impetus to pitch a book, 33 and a third. Um, doesn't really have, like any gatekeeping, like anybody can, it's an open submission call, so anybody can pitch a book. So I knew I wanted to do one, and I had a couple ideas I was batting around, and I wasn't really thinking of donuts until I had like, I missed my bus and had like a long walk home, and put donuts on, because I wanted something I could listen to from beginning to end, and started thinking, man, yeah, this is a great record. Somebody should write a book about donuts. Yeah. Oh shit, I should write a book about donuts. Wait, were you a fan of it or was it just- Oh yeah, I was a fan of Dilla's from like the far side and the stuff he did for Tribe back in the 90s and things like that. Big fan, okay. Now, donuts is an abrasive, are you okay? Do you need something to, hang on a second. I have a, let me just get this out here. Got some milk, maybe just to wet your whistle here. Uh, I I wanted to ask you- A much more wholesome show than I was expecting. Well, yeah, I try to keep things on the up and up. You know, we're talking about some some kind of hard stuff here. That's and true. It, it's true. Keep now, it it's an it's an it's an abrasive experimental record. Uh, how would you describe the album and its impact on on hip hop culture? Um, I think it kind of like shattered not only people's perceptions of him as an artist, but just kind of like what you could do with hip hop music. It's like somebody was saying to me today, like it's a real hard record to get through, and I don't even see it as like an album anymore. To me, it's just one long song because it all just kind of bleeds into. One track bleeds into the next. Yeah, did he do that on purpose, do you figure? Um, I think so, because it was originally, it was never really intended to come out as an album. He just, it was just like a bad, he always had these batches of beats that he would play for people. Right. And he played this for Peanut Butter Wolf, the founder of Stone's Throw, and Wolf was like, that's amazing, I want to put that out. Yeah. And Dilla was just like, all right, cool. Now, we talk, a lot of people are, are young here, and they may not understand. Hello, young people. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for staying up late with us, everyone. They may not understand the significance of Dilla. Are there contemporary artists who you feel are obviously emulating him? I mean, like you said, Kanye is obviously very inspired by him. I think Kanye's willingness to abandon the styles that make him famous are clearly influenced by Dilla. Dilla is a guy who started um, by making music. He kind of invented neo-soul, right? Like he was working with Erykah Badu and The Roots and Common during his like really fertile period. And then he said, F it, I want to go and make like really weird electronic music and yeah. Terminator music, he called it, because he liked the, he, he likened it to the soundtrack of the first Terminator movie. Um, and just his willingness to abandon the styles, I think, is probably like his most influential on Kanye. And then you have guys like Joey Badass, who continue to rap over his beats. And, yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. And a guy named uh, Knowledge, K-N-X-W, Ledge. Uh, who had a beat on To Pimp a Butterfly. I think his sort of, the way he chops samples 
I think is clearly inspired by donuts. And like Flying Lotus, Gas Lamp Killer, the whole low-end theory scene out of LA. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's yeah, really yeah. influenced by him as well. In your book, you write about the intersection between Dilla's illness and the making of this record, and that's really fascinating. Can you describe this to people who may not be aware of this story? Yeah, it's funny. You know, when, when David Bowie passed, everybody started talking about Black Star. Like, Black Star took on a whole different meaning for them once they realized that he was sick while he was making it. Found that kind of resonant because that's what was, what, that's what's become of Donuts in the aftermath of its release. Uh, he was really sick. He was, he would pass into a coma. He went on a tour after the album came out and performed in a wheelchair. Like, he was nuts. He never let it stop him. He would go on dialysis on his days off from the tours. Like, it was, it was really a debilitating illness, but he never stopped working. He would make the record in the hospital, wouldn't he? There's some... People are undecided, because it's really hard to pin down when the beats were made, because he made beats all the time. He just never stopped. Yeah. Um, so... The clearest sort of idea that I got was some of the beats might have been done before the hospital, but the sort of editing, the mastering, um, the kind of producing of it. He may have chopped up the samples at home, but he actually kind of, yeah, made the record in the hospital. Now, because of Dilla's death, Donuts has its own mythology, and I, I wonder if you think that the tragedy has anything to do with how much people really rally behind this record as a classic. I mean, it's hard. It's, that's, that's the question, right? It's really hard to say. Would this just be like... I actually asked that in the book, trying to figure it out for myself. Would this just be like an interesting blip on his career had he survived if he hadn't passed away? I don't know that you can really separate one from the other. I do think that you know, the fact that he was sick and he was, he was dying as he made the record does play into a lot of what people appreciate about it. I also think that's kind of unfair. I don't think it's just a record about dying. I think there's a lot more... To it, the record. You, you get into the psychology of what someone with who's who knows they're dying must be thinking as they're making art. I try to, yeah. I mean, I'm, not, really I'm not a psychologist or anything, but I mean, there's been studies on this, and I thought it applied to the record a little bit. So it's totally fascinating. And Thank you. do you have any? Can you share any insight that you gathered from that research? Like, do you feel like this because it's a frenetic record? Mm. It's a dark record on some level. On some, yeah. I think the one that where it kind of like fell into place for me was, uh, God, I'm totally betraying my knowledge. I think it's glazed. It's just a really like aggressive song, and it's it's just like one horn loop over and over for like two and a half minutes, and that was really what clicked for me because you know it's the Kubler Ross you know five stages of grief right. or death yeah. and dying type of thing, and anger is like first it's denial and then it's anger, and there were samples and things you could pick out that kind of related to um, denial. And when I started thinking about that song, Glazed, and just how much it's, like, coming at you, like, yeah. it's a really challenging listen, and you want, like, no rapper would ever rap on that. It's impossible. Like, so yeah. why did he make it? I started thinking it's not unreasonable to think that he was funneling that energy into, like, tracks like that. Speaking of Glazed, how's your donut? Fantastic. I gotta stop talking so I can eat you one. You got a chocolate cake donut there. That's pretty good. Now, there's all this heaviness around the record. Do you think that Dilla was a funny guy? Did he have a sense of humor? Did that come through in his music very much? Go ahead, swallow. Mm. Before you answer. Um, I do think he was funny, yeah. I mean, there's things on the record. There's that Frank Zappa sample about, like, you know, he wants his girlfriend, go get your girlfriend. Like, he put that sort of thing on there. He would tweak some of the samples so they reference, like, you know, weed smoking and things like that. You know, he kind of, I think, to a certain extent, unfairly got labeled as, like, this neo-soul messiah when he wasn't that. He was like a dude who liked strip clubs and smoking weed and riding in his truck That's in Detroit. I mean. like, That's what I mean. Like, in his death, he's become this, like, totally... I mean, there's nothing wrong... 
I shouldn't say there's nothing wrong with going to a strip club because who knows. <laughs> but he has become this saint, essentially, right? Who could do no wrong. Yeah, and a lot of people have commented on that lately with the 10th anniversary. Guys like House Shoes, guys like Egon, people who knew him at the time, commenting on like it's weird for them to try to reconcile the guy they knew, the guy they would watch like Napoleon Dynamite with, and the guy who's now become this like you know yeah. sainted yeah. savior of uh, you know alt hip hop and neo soul and things like that. Yeah. So the 10th anniversary of the record is February 10th, which is why one of the reasons I wanted you on. But we had some big news this week. Yeah, this is very strange timing. There's a, um, a lost Dilla record that's going to be released. Yeah, he was uh, he was signed to MCA in like 2001. Um, they signed him on like a two-label deal, I think, one to produce a record and one uh, solo record for himself. And classic behavior from him, his production record he did for two friends from Detroit named Frank and Dank. And his solo record, he did only like two of the beats on. Right. He, the rest of them were like, he wanted to work, take that opportunity to work with people who inspired him. And it's actually how we met Madlib for the first time. Okay. He was really into Loop Pack and he wanted to work with Madlib. And the label said, mm, nah, they weren't really into that and shelved the record. And he was really kind of beat up about that. It's kind of an important point in his life because I don't think if he had had that experience with like a major label, he would have gone veered as hard in the other direction. Right. So it's been shelved for years. And I know Egon and people at the estate have been trying to get it out of label limbo for the better part of 10 years. And yeah, it's actually, they just announced it's coming out in April. In April, yeah. Crazy. You must be thrilled. So it's, yeah, it's the, I've, I'm not in a position to say if I've heard it or not, um, but it's crazy. They did release one song, The Introduction, yeah. um, and to hear him, like, aggressive and, like, yeah. so a lot of his later raps, he was a little more timid. He was weaker physically. He couldn't yeah. do as much, but to hear him kind of, like, healthier and, like, eating that mic is, is really, it gave me chills, I'm not going to lie. Now, you, you're a dude from Toronto. You write this book about donuts. W w Windsor, originally. You're from Windsor? Windsor, Ontario. Windsor yes. in the house? Nope. <laughs> uh, that didn't go very well. No. I wouldn't have expected it to, yeah, to be honest. sorry. If anybody uh, is from Windsor, they're probably playing laying low anyway. This is, a very <laughs> this is a very prominent album, so the book got a lot of attention. Did this writing this book change your life in any way? Are, are you asking if Jay Dilla changed my life? No, I'm asking if writing <laughs> yeah, this yes, book... Did about Jay Dilla might have changed your life a little bit. Uh, I mean, I can't lie, it did. I was, I was a guy who came up fancying himself a writer, did a few things here and there, and then just like, if you want to take your inspirational message from this, everyone, it's just like, try shit. Sorry, I don't know if you can swear on this, but. You can swear. Um, yeah, fucking try shit. Um, That's a little much, actually. I <laughs> dial it back a little. Because the worst that can happen is you miss, and I, I may have been at a weird time when I tried it, but it connected with people and it's like gone crazy. And now part of my life is every year I kind of go around and talk about Dilla for one month out of the year. And that's, ooh, poor me. It's a real hard thing <laughs> to have to live with every year. Well, I'm glad you're here. Uh, what's next for you? Like this book was published in 2014. 2014, yeah, it's been it's in the fifth printing now, I think. Yeah, uh, Peanut Butter Wolf actually. Congratulations, that's great. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Peanut Butter Wolf did a new foreword for it. The 10th anniversary of the record is out. It has an excerpt of the book in it. So if you don't have the record, you want to buy the record, buy that copy. You can see a bit of the book in there. Um, and I'm a big giant nerd. I just started a podcast with a friend of mine where we talk about nerd stuff every week. What's it called? It's called <laughs> it's called Geek Down, which is a song off of Donuts. Um, and yeah, I'm a big like Japanese anime nerd, and she's really into Doctor Who, so every week we bring each other something and try to figure out if we hate it or not. That sounds very nerdy. It's very nerdy. But it's, I'm sure there must Thank be you. fans Appreciate of those that. things in the audience, probably? 
Thank you, Cool I think, Kids. I, I appreciate think that, that. I think they were just being nice. I think they were, too. Yeah. But it's on iTunes. Subscribe, please. We're very entertaining, I swear. Excellent. Well, uh, you can follow Jordan Ferguson on Twitter at 333donuts and online at poetryforgravediggers.com. Jordan, thank yes, you for sir. being on the show. Thanks We're going to so take speech. a short break, and when we return, a performance and a chat with Stacy. Jordan Ferguson, everybody. The next edition of Long Winter takes place at the Great Hall in Toronto on both Friday, March 18th and Saturday, March 19th. On March 18th, see live music by Marvelous Mark, Triple Gangers, Bridget Bardon'ts, Infinite Poolside, Baby Cages, Zoo Owl, Prince Innocence, Whoop Zoo, Isaac Valentine, The Queer Songbook Orchestra, Rachel Cardiello, Avant Cool, La Timba, Molo, Sitaracon by The Holy Gasp, and Ken Murphy. Also on March 18th in the Black Box at 9pm, a live taping of a Creative Control with Vish Khanna episode featuring a panel discussion about the Toronto Blue Jays with Stacey May Fowles, Drew Fairservice, Desmond Cole, and Josh Sucker of Fucked Up. On March 19th, see live music by Cousins, Joyful Talk, Juge, Triad, JFM, Mystic Triangle, Shy Wisdom, Witch Prophet, Long Branch, Dorothea Paz, Top Forte, Spoken Symphonies, DJ Adam T, and Thin Edge Collective Workers Union by Louis Andresen, plus CCMC, Phrase Velocity, and CRL, as curated by the Music Gallery. Also on March 19th, another episode of the Long Winter Talk Show, Long Night with Vish Khanna, with special guests Jay Ferguson and Patrick Pentland of Sloan, a cooking demo with Zane Kaplansky, filmmaker Caitlin Durlach, and music by So Long Set Plus, art, performance, dance, and readings, The Long Winter Arcade, and the Toronto International Film Festival's presentation of the next New Wave Festival. This edition of Long Winter is an all-ages event that takes place on Friday, March 18th, and Saturday, March 19th, both at 7 p.m., and each evening costs $10 admission. The Great Hall is not an accessible venue yet and is located at 1087 Queen Street West. For more information about advanced tickets and other things, please visit torontolongwinter.com. Welcome back to Long Night, folks. You're a hot crowd. Let me say that right away. You're a hot, hot crowd. And I thank you all for being here. Thanks again to Jordan Ferguson, who had to run to work a shift at something. I don't know what he does in the middle of the night. Guy's crazy. How about Jordan Ferguson, everybody? Uh, just a quick reminder that uh, tonight's show will soon be appearing as an episode of the Creative Control Podcast. which is also very nerdy and available on iTunes, audioboom.com, bishkana.com, and also on uh, cfru.ca. So uh, please consider listening to my podcast, which some people tell me is history's greatest ever music podcast. <laughs> Our next guest is the founder and lead organizer of a collective called Toronto Women in Music and an acclaimed pop songwriter who's currently finishing up her second EP, which will be released later this year. She's here now to perform a song, so please make some noise for Stacy.
Stacy, everyone. Stacy, come. Sit close. Very nice. Thanks. Thank you so much. That was lovely. Oh, thank you. What was that uh, thing you played there? What was that song? Uh, that song is called First Move, and it's going to be the title track off my next EP. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. How far along are, is your EP? Uh, it's almost done. I just have to go back and do vocals next weekend. Um, but all the production, everything's done, so we'll do vocals, and then we're into mixing, and yeah, we're really close. Very nice. It was lovely. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you very much. Now, I want to... We don't have a lot of time, but I want to ask you a few things here. Now, I was intrigued by the Toronto women. Oh, first of all, would you like a donut? I am okay on the donut for now, maybe okay. after. It's, it's rude not to offer donuts if you have it's a plate of them kind. in front of you. It's very kind. I really appreciate it. My mother raised me well. <laughs> what is the Toronto Women in Music Collective? Can you first tell us what... I, I'm not really sure. familiar with it. Yeah, totally. Um, so it's an independent collective. There's about 500 members now. It's, it's artist and industry side. And um, we host bi-monthly meetups. So they're, they're private events, and I book speakers. So some speakers that we've had are Leah Fay from July Talk. We've had Raina from Indie 88. Um, lots of really amazing women in the industry. Uh, so they come and they talk about their craft, their experience in the industry, um, offer up different perspectives. We also do uh, like women-centric uh, showcases. So we've done about four now. We have another one coming up, um, really just to create space for more of the women artists um, that are so awesome in our city. That sounds great. We talk and debate a lot about equality and parity in our culture. Mm -hmm. Do you think real progress is being made in that regard, particularly in this city? Mm -hmm. Yes, I think that uh, progress is being made, but I think that we're in a really exciting time. It's People are starting to speak up a little bit more, call out bad behavior, um, and make space for women on different panels and different showcases. Um, I, feel, I feel supported by the Toronto music community. Um, but I think that there's still a lot of work to be done, just in, in general for diversity across the board. Like, there's still um, a lot of room for you know people at the top. The Billboard 100 article came out the other day, and it's not very diverse. There's a lot of opportunity for, for progress there. And in the nominations for Canadian, well, all um, award programs, yeah. the grants Grants and stuff, yeah. Just Plus, everywhere, yeah. I will say a lot of the grants seem to have this as a mandate. All of this yeah. chatter that we're, we're putting forth, it does seem to be impacting people. I just wonder if you have any personal experience where it feels like the progress we're, that we're making, or it feels like we're making, it, it isn't happening. I just wondered if you had that. Because, I, I mean, starting a collective like this is amazing, and I just wonder if it stems from a frustration with how things are going in the city of Toronto. Um, I think it, it actually started really organically. Um, at the time, I wasn't feeling frustrated because I was very new to the industry. Right. Um, but as things have progressed, um, I've found it very valuable and there have been frustrations along the way and it's been really awesome to have such a supportive network of all these different women in different positions um, and just to feel supported in that way. Yeah. And in addition, like there's, we're not the only collective that's based around female identifying individuals. There's, there's a lot of these things popping up and I think that that is progress. Um, people are talking about it. Yeah. I think that's progress. Yeah. Um, so, yes, okay. still more to come. Sorry. <laughs> the answer <laughs> is yes. Okay. No, that's great. Where can people learn more about you on the computer? The internet. Because um, you've, got, you've got your social media stuff. Yeah, I have the social media stuff. 
Um, me as an artist, uh, my handles are just Stacy Music. Um, so that's Facebook and Instagram. Right. Yeah. And 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 the EP will be out. Um, Stacy with an E or without an E? With an E. Thank okay. you for the clarification. By the way, I have to, I have to ask. Yeah. Are, you, are you going by Stacy? Yeah. That's your name. That's my so name. You got like Cher, Madonna, well, so Kanye, <laughs> Stacy. Ooh. Com- it's, odd inter- it's an interesting choice. It's like a bold name to just be. I'm one name. It's not Bono. I mean, it, it kind of just stemmed from, like, I didn't know what else to call myself. No, it's great. There, there was I, no other, surprisingly, there's not a lot of Stacy's. Like, I was very surprised yeah. to get stacymusic.com and Stacy right. Music Facebook. Well, that's great. It was very nice meeting you, and I thank you for being on the show. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks so much. <laughs> All right, yeah, go ahead, Stacy. Oh, please sit. Stacy, please sit. We're, you can have a seat. Just relax. Again, just enjoy sit. a donut. Take a load off. It's, uh, it's a relaxing stage. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Uh, we do have to step away for a moment. When we return, Sam Sutherland of This Exists will be here. So stick around. How about another hand for Stacy? Massey Hall and Roy Thompson Hall proudly present an intimate evening with Jonathan Goldstein at the Winter Garden Theatre in Toronto on Tuesday, March 29th. Once dubbed the Wes Anderson of podcasting, Jonathan Goldstein hosted and produced CBC Radio's Wiretap, which went off the air in late 2015 after 11 years. He's a frequent contributor to This American Life and has written several books, a National Post column, and pieces for the New York Times Magazine, Reader's Digest, The Walrus, and GQ. Goldstein's signature brand of wry, self-deprecating humor is a staple of Canadian media, and he's presently at work on a new podcast. An Evening with Jonathan Goldstein offers a rare opportunity to hear his storytelling in person with visual accompaniment, taking the experience beyond the limitations of radio and print. See him live at the Winter Garden Theatre on Tuesday, March 29th, and visit RoyThompson.com for more details. Crowd. Thank you very much, everyone. We're back on uh, a long night. Uh, I just want to. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Make a, an announcement... Uh, first of all, if you're talking, that's great, but please don't. We are recording this for a podcast, and uh, it's being beamed across uh, the television wires to houses around the world, and when you speak, uh, it goes out into those beams, and people are like, did you say something? I didn't say anything. Did you hear something? I'm trying to watch the show. 
please don't talk. If you can help it, I know it's a talk show, it's contradictory, but if you can help it, please don't talk. Are the people talking, even hearing me right now? Please, please don't speak. Thank you very much. The other thing is, I did some mingling in the crowd. I understand a, a gentleman uh, by the name of Josh Zucker would like a donut. Josh, are you here? Josh, come on up. Come on up here, Josh. Help yourself. I understand uh, chocolate is your flavor. No, 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 no. You can't take the whole thing. What? Do not throw the donuts. Oh my God, it's anarchy. You guys are on a sugar rush thing. You took three donuts? Oh my God. All right, well, we have some donuts that you can have in an orderly fashion. For those of you who don't talk, I'm a teacher, now I'm teaching a class. Our next guest is a prolific music journalist and broadcaster who wrote uh, this wonderful book. I have it right here. Lots of authors on the show. We're smartening things up tonight. Perfect Youth, The Birth of Canadian Punk. Has anyone read this book? It's a great, great book. He's also the host and creator of the popular and weird web series, This Exists. I believe we have a clip. Let us begin. If you're already familiar with Vaporwave, please forgive me for retreading old ground, especially if you think that the genre died in early 2013. At least I'm not doing a C-Punk episode. If you've heard of C-Punk before, you're already exhausted and annoyed that I'm about to talk about it again. That's me talking about C-Punk on MTV in 2012, which I think is probably an important starting point. The world was so different in the 90s, and so people found different ways to take care of their daily needs. Nintendo sex games, or sexy Nintendo games. Sex games is a lot more fun to yell or title a video, but truth be told, there is not a lot of actual sex in games like Hot Slots. Black MIDI is a sequenced MIDI file that is so dense with notes that it literally appears to be black. So instead of sounding like this, it sounds like this. That was Jingle Bells. Wow, there you go. That's uh... Please say hello to my precocious nephew, Sam Sutherland. Oh, Sam, come up there. Sam, very good, have a seat. Very nice to see you, Sam. Thank Wonderful you for to being see you here. as well, Vish. Now, first of all, I want to get this out of the way. I know it's awkward. Uh, it could be awkward, but you've been very gracious about being our token guest on our Black History Month episode. I know. I knew as soon as you asked me that that was what was happening, I, but I, I take have, where you can get you know, it. it's just something I wanted to see done. It's Thank fine. you. No, Thank I, you I appreciate much. that that's what you're doing right now. It's great. Now, that was a very provocative clip from your show. I know. I wanted to make sure that the people were left wanting more. Now, I have a question for you right off the top. How, how old are you? I'm 87. 87 years young. You're like, what are you, 30? I'm 30. I'm literally, so I'm exactly 30. So isn't this 30. a pain in the ass? Chasing after all the young trends? I gotta be cool, a C-punk? What the, what is that? Uh, I don't know. I'm 38. I'm 38 and I'm watching that. I'm like, that's not for me. No. That is not for me. But you have made a career out of being young all the time. How do you do it? <laughs> well, it's, it's less... Uh, that I'm trying to do it and more that I'm sort of desperately attempting not, not to age. So it's not that yeah. the work is, is more uh, a product of anxiety 
over my own mortality uh, than anything <laughs> more, more significant than that. <laughs> the, wor- the worst thing... It could like, be it's, called Sam Exists. Yeah, it's just me just like you trying asserted. desperately to get people to love me. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. This exists, Dad. That's what you could have called it. <laughs> uh, that would have been a good title. We'll get into the complicated relationship sure. I have with my sorry. father later. It's fine. But um, the weirder thing, honestly, is like, you know, researching, uh, you know, something like Black Midi is fun because it's just like... Black you- Midi? Why are we talking like this? <laughs> what the hell is Black Midi? Because we live on the internet. Wait, like, do it's we? Just, yeah, yeah, I okay. know. I see you tweeting. Although you gave up Twitter for like a month, right? I did, yeah. What was that, like, for Lent or something? No, I had a thing where I tried to give up different things for a month, and Twitter was one of them. One month... Inspired by Lent or, like, unrelated to... No, I just to... To, to discipline, self-discipline. Okay. I gave up racism for a whole month, <laughs> and it would have been fine. What was the first racist thing that you did at I... the end of that month? Well, I think we know. It's true. I'll... I'm not going to say the group, but we know. <laughs> we all know. Uh... No? All right. So, White but, people are uncomfortable right now. I, it was not funny, apparently. Yeah. So I, but I think there's an interesting point to be made here before you move on about de- desperately trying to stay young, which is that <laughs> like, most of this is a function of just me being interested in stuff, the, the subject matter. Sure. But the fact is, if we're talking about YouTube uh-huh. as an environment in which to explore that, yeah. that is very interesting because it is primarily, I don't know if anyone here has ever attended like a YouTube event. Uh, or is aware of the sort I of. I don't understand the sentence. Does, any, does anyone here? <laughs> Am I that old? Does YouTube anyone here event? like subscribe to a YouTube channel? Like, I think all the young people are upstairs. Maybe okay. There's a few of you. Okay, but like, so you know what I'm talking about. There's like a handful of like really interesting things that are happening in that space, and then there's like a lot of 30 year olds trying to like boink teens is like kind of the environment, and so it's like this very strangely like. It's a weird environment to be in as like someone coming from the like word. the world of exclaim and, right, sure. and and sort of this to then all of a sudden be like what's up teens? You Who's are- getting crazy tonight in the, the teen sphere? This exists kind of delves into the subterranean nature of the internet. That's the idea. Right. But apparently there's just teens there. <laughs> but it's popular, right? It's doing well. Yes, that's why I'm here. <laughs> Right? Is that why you're here? No, right. Uh, Black History Month. Black History Month. Black you History are here Month is the reason to I'm represent here. our interests. Yeah. Sorry, I don't want to. I'm going to forget this, but when you were doing your notes between performances, you were reading your own name, like with your face down. You were like, my podcast is called Creative Control. Please listen to it on yeah. vishkana.com. I was like, you don't have that memorized? I do. I don't. That's a, you're never going to be a professional like me, Vish. No, I. If you need to look down to read your I, own name. Okay, listen. We pack the show. Sometimes, the show is very free form. I have no notes. I yeah. just have a couple of things. But we're on a tight schedule. I pack the show to the gills. So you wanted to make sure that I you remembered sure the name of your podcast, podcast that you yes, do every week. I just like to have structure. Like I know the name of your podcast, and I'm not you. Yes, that's true. <laughs> so like, you are definitely not me. <laughs> yeah. Now listen. My beard is. Do you, want a, do you want a donut? I already ate half of one. Why I put are you putting it back. it back on the plate? That's disgusting. <laughs> I didn't want to put it. I originally put it on the table. 30 And then I was like, yeah, we have no manners. Even a millennial would put that anyway. <laughs> Incidentally, another thing I liked that you were doing, because I was sitting right in the front, is you that you were... my show no, right now? But you were very sincerely continuing to drink the milk. Like, you have yeah. your own mug, and then you have a glass of milk beside it, and you were asking, like, very serious questions 
about like Jay Dillis' death, and then you'd be like, uh huh, <laughs> sipping milk. By the way, the name of my memoir is actually going to be "You Were Very Sincerely Drinking the Milk." <laughs> I've decided already. That's what it's going to be called. That's good. I like that. Best seller will on the we, New York Times bestseller. Now we, we have, have clips. My... We brought clips on a computer. Oh, do we have clips? Yeah, we have clips oh, that we're going to talk about. Yeah. Now, uh, one of the clips we have here is the most popular this exists video over one million views yeah wow and it's why, black mid black midi oh, yeah why, why am i surprised yeah it's a successful show yes that's true sorry i don't know anything about it having a successful if you had like show. ryan reynolds on you wouldn't be like oh deadpool that's a oh it looks like oh uh, you made 60 million dollars that's shocking <laughs> that's like, true that's you true. would show some respect and deference that's... to ryan reynolds why don't we go to a clip right now Get us out of this. Uh, we're gonna watch Black Midi. Black Midi. These songs are created, or blacked, by initially layering multiple MIDI files on top of each other and then shortening all the notes and then presumably sacrificing an animal to a long dead pagan god. No one really knows what the secret sauce is and the blackers are not eager to say. The visual side of Black Midi is as mesmerizing as the notes themselves of which that song has 7.67 million. There's an element of technical braggadocio and one-upsmanship that's present not only in the number of notes, but the presentation. The description of that video reads, my graphics card has enough memory to run this without invisible notes. All right, that was very nice. Sam. What a hit. Now, you and I, it turns out, we both went to Drake night at the Raptors game. Well, yeah, we did, yeah. Because yeah. I got that free uh, shirt as well. Do you, you have that thing? I also have one, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think there's a few. I was, I was actually at that Raptors game with a few of the wonderful people in the audience as well. Nice. So, yeah. 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 Anyway. What, uh, what? I have a follow-up question yes. regarding the video that we just watched. Yeah. What's going on with your hair? Yeah, so uh, actually, I, I thought about this when I was bringing these clips, and also when you referred to this as an audiovisual presentation, and I was like, these are clips of me talking. Uh, so that makes me look like a raging dickhead. What but um, no, no. I will say this: if you are, there was the inspirational message earlier um, about you know, you know, uh, strike out there and do what you want. And I will say, definitely, like you know, shoot for the moon. But when you do that, make sure that you have a haircut that like you'll be proud of in a year. So that's like the most popular thing on the channel, and it continue. Like, it's it's still like doing well. I was like fortunate enough to make a video about something interesting that there wasn't a lot of context around. So you're, it's like also, a, you're also wearing a, a garment that was free and thrown at you. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, it was handed to us at the door. No, I don't know what you're... They weren't happy about it. They I was were, there. Yeah. It was take not, your shirt. Go. It was not take a luxurious yeah. uh, white yeah. glove experience yeah. getting that shirt. But, like, I just looked scraggly and tired because I was. Yeah. And at the time, like, the channel probably had, you know, like, 2,000 subscribers. So it was like, nothing matters. Right. And I look like a bag of shit. Right. It and doesn't, it, but I mean, you're, it's okay for you to be tired and scraggly because you, how many kids do you have? Uh, none. None? No kids. Oh. Yeah, that's, no a, excuse, that's a video really. of a man that has no children. I have two children and this is, oh, look at me, I'm all You're in a up. suit. I actually thought about wearing a suit so that I'd look good with you and James and then I was like, I'm just not going to put that much effort in. Yeah, thanks for admitting that on the show. It's nice. All right, let's go to, I don't know if we have much time here. We're going to go to, okay, Sam, we're going to pick one of the two. Okay, uh, let's let show. Me, let, me, let, me, let me give people the options and then I want you oh, to Oh, crowd participation. This sort is, of, YouTube, yeah. YouTube is all about community. So, so the, the, the two clip options are Nintendo sex games 
games, which we, we did actually see a snippet yeah, of. Yeah, there was a bit of Nintendo Sex Games in the intro clip. And is that the most recent? Yeah, so Nintendo Sex Games came out on Thursday. Okay, and then the other one is, is Hick Hop racist? Yeah, question mark? Question, that's what I, oh, there's no question you, you, you said it, but you said it, you kind of looked at me like you weren't sure if that was the title, and I was letting people know that the video title, in fact, oh, has yes. a question mark. Right. So which that wasn't the... just Vish reading badly. Right, which I apparently do. I didn't realize. Yeah, well, we're learning. Which of the two would you want to watch? Right I was going to say uh, maybe is Hick Hop racist, but I think a show of, or not show of hands, so uh, Nintendo Sex Games. Clapping. It's, it is a podcast, so clapping and noise. Yeah, yeah, sorry, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, no visual gags. Yeah. Uh, and is Hick Hop racist? I would say middling at best for both. Okay, why don't we go to the hick hop one? So that's 04. 04. That's 04, yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. Why don't we go to that one and then we'll talk about it after? Yeah, yeah, that sounds great. This is going to be great. I can't wait to watch this. Is there anything even in that? Did mode? you want some milk? I would love some milk. I want you to sincerely drink this milk. Does anyone have like a flask with. Um... Can I put it, pour it in this beer? Can? No. Oh. Thank you. So we can point to the origin and evolution of country music delivery and see that there is a case to be made for a natural relationship with hip-hop, not to mention shared themes of class struggle and community. But this is not Woody Georgia Boys are part of the current hip-hop explosion, which has more to do with rap being the defining soundtrack of contemporary youth culture than it has to do with a misty-eyed yearning for the spiritual recitations of yore. Redneck, and I'm a rapper till I die. A lot of y'all folks still really can't see why. We gotta keep it real while the way 100. We the purest in the world and they can't take that from us. The lax drop phrases like, we the purest in the world, alongside calls to hang the Confederate flag in front of your house, and their last record debuted at number three on the Billboard charts. Yeah, now let your country hang out. Fly a big rebel flag out in front of your house. I said, yeah, now let your country hang out. If you battle where you're from and you a son of the South. I want to make it clear I was not singing along because I like that song. I was singing along because I've had to listen to it a lot. You also were doing, uh, you were taking selfies. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm like in front of a big screen with my face on it. It's the douchiest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> now, so this is successful. <laughs> Sorry, you mean uh, Hiccup, not me, right? No, I mean your show. Because you've already established you're your shocked show, by that. I, your show does well, and uh, I just feel like that's great. I wanted <laughs> yeah, to say, that, <laughs> that's just, I'm very proud of you. Yeah, and I know the name of it. <laughs> I'm not like, please look at my show, this exists. Which, by the way, is the name of that show. No, that is, those are, those are popular bands. So in the case uh, of... Uh, in the case of, I think it's the Georgia Boys there, it's like, they, they, you know, they, they're talking about like billboard charting albums. These yeah. are like successful bands right. making very um, problematic, as the kids say, uh, music. You're saying that uh, a group that is white, that appeals to white listeners, somehow has an audience full of white people buying their records? Is that what you're saying? It's shocking, I know. It's hard, it's hard to believe in this day and age that that's how the music industry works, but apparently there's still parts. So when you pose this question as the name of the segment, segment is Hick Hop Racist, do you answer the question? Yeah, so in the case of that video, the answer was like, sometimes it was a bit of a cop-out, but it was saying that like, you know, obviously, like you guys are familiar with some of this garbage fucking music, right? Like a yell, just for the people on the podcast, if you Anyone know. Anyone here at 12? 13. Okay, so a few of you have heard this. So, I mean, there are, you know, bands that have legitimately managed to fuse those genres because as I sort of tried to point out at the beginning of the clip, there, you know, there's like recitations and there's, and there's 
aspects at the core of, of uh, you sure. know, country and western that sort of translate uh, to hip hop, if not directly, sort of, you know, indirectly in terms of styles. Right. But the bottom line is, like, most of these guys, just because, like, hip hop is the sound of popular culture and they're, like, just weird, crappy racist. So you're like, that's weird. Like, if you're rapping about the Confederate flag, there's a disconnect there that is, it's kind of hard to patch together yeah. because you kind of, a, a necessary part of hip hop is like honoring the history so again, of the genre. So again, in summary, like this is a show that you just, you, you deal with, you can't believe, you find something, you're like, I can't believe this exists. And then you call the show, this exists. Yes. And then you talk about the thing and then uh, lots of people watch it and you don't dress well, and that's what we learned today. I would say this is good. No, like, no now, today, you're fine. I just mean on the video. Oh, right, yes, You yes, don't care much video. for your appearance or <laughs> decorum generally. I'm just letting people know that I'm authentic in that way. Yes. I think it's important, uh, you know? Yes, authenticity. I don't even know exactly how calculated it is. Right, okay. Listen, we are right out of time because I want to, we have another guest, but I of thank course, you. Of course, yes. Thank, thank you, you very for much. being on the show. Where can people follow and watch? Uh, so the show is called This Exists. It's youtube.com slash this exists, and uh, I'm on the Twitter as Sam Sutherland with no vowels. My last name is fucking stupid. Just look There are it. some vowels. Yeah, it's like, it's, it's selective. So just, just watch guess. the show. Yes, yeah. which vowels might Bro, be there. Yeah, like what, tonight when you get home and you're like kind of half-bagged and so you're not paying attention to anything that you're doing on Twitter, just like try to plug that in. But watch the show. It's extremely good I'm, and I'm I think looking, you'll all like it. I'm looking forward to the This Exists episode about your Twitter handle. Yeah. It's Can be, you believe this idiot? Well, at some point in like a year when I'm out of like bad, uh, specifically <laughs> usually hip-hop subgenres. It's like hip-hop and metal. It's like fast food metal and like Islamic hip hop and Islamic punk. It's like basically you can tag like, you know, Islamic or like metal onto something and probably yeah. produce something that's like culturally interesting. Uh, yeah, culturally interesting. <laughs> All right, we've got to go. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we return, stand-up comedian Carol Zoccoli. Now I can't feel like self-conscious reading my no, own just, thing. It was just when you were reading your name. I know, I agree. It's weird. Carol Zockley will be up here doing some stand-up. No flipping. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time for Sam Sutherland. This episode is brought to you by Pizza Trocadero, the finest pizzeria in all of Guelph, Ontario. They've got delicious gourmet pizzas or chews from an array of fresh ingredients and make whatever you like. Calzones, wings, panzerotti, salads, breadsticks, garlic bread, Pizza Trocadero has it all. You can find them at 7 Municipal Street in Guelph or trocaderoguelph.ca. Call them at 519-829-2444 for pickup or delivery. That's Pizza Trocadero, a place of the good trade. Welcome back. On long night. Thanks again for being here, everyone. It's uh, nice to see you all here. I have another hand for Sam Sutherland, and uh, this exists. Yeah. Our next guest is a stand-up comedian who won the 2015 Tim Sims Award as the most promising new comedy act in Toronto. She's also a fan favorite in Brazil and performs her act in both Portuguese as well as English, which scientists have described as the whitest language of all time. We're thrilled she could join us tonight to make her long night debut, so how about a nice welcome for Carol Zoccoli! Hello, guys! Hi! Hello! Hello, guys! I am Carol. I am from Brazil, and I moved to Canada because I am a refugee from my country. As you know, in Brazil, if you're a woman and your body doesn't fit 
in a bikini, they throw you to the crocodile. So thank you, Canada. Thank you. Guys, I'm from Brazil, that's why I have an accent. So if someone don't understand what I say, please just ask me to repeat so everyone here will know uh, who the racist is. Okay? <laughs> but guys, I've been married for eight years. Eight years, but I don't want to have kids. I know, I know, I'm turning into my mom, right? Well, my husband and I were a very normal couple. We started thin, then we became chubby together, just like everybody, right? Because this is love. But two years ago, my husband decided to work out, and I started to hate him. Hate him. We go to a restaurant to have a romantic dinner. He orders a salad. What makes my fries taste like a punch in my face. And my dessert tastes like I was forever forgotten by God. And my second dessert tastes like I killed my own kitty cat. And my takeout dessert tastes like everybody knows that I pee in the shower. That's why I like my man like I like my coffee, not going to the gym. Okay. You can't be married for years and then change monogamy rules. Monogamy rules are clear. We're giving up together. Okay? Women don't get married to struggle to look hot, okay? We get married to wear Crocs in public. That's... And I am sorry to say, guys, but I can't have sex with him anymore. I can't. Oh, let's see. I, I, I just can't. I just can't. I, I, I don't agree with this. Oh, sex is a beautiful thing with beautiful bodies. No. Sex is not meant to be beautiful. If sex was meant to be beautiful, God would have made our eyes on our knees for us to look at the genitals all day long. Okay, if genitals were beautiful, we'll never wear pants. Okay, we only wear pants to hide the shame of having such disgusting body parts. Yes, I'm Catholic. I am Catholic, but I am not against condoms. I am against hipsters. In Brazil, we don't have hipsters because uh, we, we killed all of them. But I don't like hipsters because hipsters think you're fat. Try to find something for someone who was born with hips at Urban Outfitters. They are racist. They don't give Latinas a chance to dress for Coachella. <laughs> Guys, I used to be a comedian in Brazil, but people don't understand my profession there. They are like, are you a woman? And are you funny? What? Are you a witch? What? <laughs> but I got into some troubles because of my profession here in Canada as well, but that's because of my accent. Because here people ask me, what do you do? And I say, I'm a comedian. But because of my pronunciation, people understand, cleaning lady. <laughs> and guys, I, I am a comedian and I have a degree in philosophy. 
I know, you cannot tell by look, but look at this. <laughs> Philosophy is a Greek word. In English, it means philo, no, and zophi, job. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm a comedian and I have a degree in philosophy. When I go to job interviews, they ask me, what is your greatest weakness? And I say, skills. <laughs> I'm unemployed. And that makes me sound like a bad immigrant, right? I'm not stealing anyone's job, so. Just. I'm ashamed. <laughs> Guys, it, last week I was at the bank opening an account and the bank employee said, oh, so you're Brazilian, like the Victoria's Secrets models. <laughs> Racist. Right? Actually, I'm sure that I could be a supermodel. I'm sure because I do every day what they do. Every day. I put clothes on and I walk. <laughs> Speaking of clothes, I went to that store, American Apparel, and how expensive it is, right? To look like a whore. Huh? Men don't understand why women buy so many clothes, right? It's because it's important for us to feel fat in different outfits. So, yeah, yeah. But I'm losing weight, guys, I'm losing weight. I just, I recently lost 25 pounds. Thank you, guys, thank, but no need to cheer. No, it's not that I, I lost 25 pounds and now I'm the new Sofia Vergara. No, I'm just the same old person who now needs a belt. That's... That, that's all. And I, but I have to say, I'm not, I'm not losing weight because I want to have attention from men. No. Attention from men makes me nervous. Cat calls this kind of... Oh, my God. The first time I was alone in a bathroom with a guy, my first boyfriend, he told me, Carol, I think you're hot. I got so nervous that I farted. <laughs> it was not even a lady fart. Like, no, it was a dude fart. You know this kind of fart that men do among men to show who the alpha is? <laughs> this one. And he broke up with me. That's why I don't think farts are funny. <laughs> they destroy love. <laughs> but I have to say, I'm losing weight just because I want people to be nice to me. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, people hate chubby people. I'm gonna explain for the thin people in the room who think life is perfect. So there's this pub that I used to go all of the time because I have existential angst. <laughs> so I go to the bartender and I order a beer and a pizza. He looks at me and say, oh, again? Are you eating again? You eat every time you come here. I'd like to hit him right in the middle of the face, right here, and kill him like, like you kill a kosher cow, you know? Boom! <laughs> but I really needed that beer and that pizza, so I decided to be nice. So I said, oh, that's because I'm from Brazil, and in Brazil we always eat when we drink. You know, just throwing the immigrant bomb, right? Hoping that the white guild will make the motherfucker shut up. 
right? Not this guy, not this guy. He looked at me and said, no, that's not true. I went to Rio last year and this doesn't happen there. Don't you guys hate that white people travel? <laughs> guys, I wish that story had a happy ending with me eating his raw heart. <laughs> but instead, I whispered, that's weird. I grabbed my beer and I went home crying. But I just lost 25 pounds, who's laughing now, right? Well, not me, because I'm not eating, so I'm, I don't have the happiness to... <laughs> it's just, just too hard. <laughs> but to lose weight, I use that book, The Secret. You know, The Secret is that you have to be positive. That's it, just be positive, simple. But makes me think, what have we been doing to ourselves that to be positive is a secret now, right? But okay, but what this book doesn't tell you is that your subconscious will talk back. And your subconscious thinks you're a piece of shit. <laughs> so I will be doing my positive affirmations. I am thin, okay? There's this voice in my head, no, you're not. I'm like, excuse me, I am thin? No, you're not. Yes, I am thin, okay? Stop it. You know you're lying, look in the mirror. Stop it, I am thin. I am thin, okay? No, you're fat. Stop it, this is offensive. Mom, stop, mom, stop. <laughs> At the end of the day, guys, I was so nervous that I threw up every day. And that's how I lost 25 pounds <laughs> with positive affirmations. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, I'm Carol. <laughs> Carol Zoccoli, everyone. Carol Zoccoli. You can follow Carol, I just want to make sure I have this right, at Carol Zoccoli on Twitter. All right, we're out of time. We are over time. Thank you very much for being here, everyone. Thanks for being on here at Long Night. Our next episode is taping here at the Great Hall on uh, Saturday, March 19th at 9 p.m. And you can keep track of us on Twitter, at Vishkana, at Vish Creative. I don't know yet, that's why I didn't announce who was on the show. I'm working on it. <laughs> Normally I would announce it. This time I didn't have anything. Then I got heckled by my applause lady. Very weird. At uh, Vishkana, at Vishkreative, and at LongWinterTO. Thanks to all the guests. Thanks to everyone for being here tonight. We will see you next time. Good night, everybody. Come have a donut. There are actually a few opportunities to see some iteration of a live taping of Creative Control of Vishkana over the next little while. On Friday, March 18th at the Great Hall in Toronto, we are doing a podcast live panel discussion taping. That's at 9 p.m. in the basement of the Great Hall. Then the following night, Saturday, March 19th, we're doing a full-on long night with Vishkana live taping. That is again at the Great Hall in the Black Box at 9 p.m. as part of Long Winter. Then on April 8th, Long Night with Vishkana returns for a live taping at Spur Festival in Toronto. That will be happening at the Transac, and more details to come on that. April 9th, the following night, a Creative Control podcast live taping at the Drake, presented by Massey Hall and Roy Thompson Hall. And then sometime between May 4th and 8th, there will be another Long Night with Vishkana taping at the Lanya Vanya Festival in St. John's, Newfoundland, I believe at the Rocket Room. More details to come on that. 
Keep an eye on my website, vishkana.com, or follow the uh, Creative Control Facebook, Creative Control Vishkana on Facebook, or our Twitter, at vishcreative, for more information. You can download and subscribe to this podcast and this program on iTunes, audioboom.com, vishkana.com. It's available on CFRU 93.3 FM in Guelph, uh, which uh, the show airs Wednesdays at noon Eastern Standard Time. You can learn more about that at cfru.ca. We have a Patreon page if you want to make a monthly donation to make the podcast keep happening. That would be great. And that's all I have for you for now. We will talk to you very soon. Thanks for listening. Goodbye for now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.